Welcome back, Rugby Pick'em fans. On today's show, it's going to be a little bit different. I hopped on the DNVR Rugby Podcast with Colton Strickler. We talked everything MLR 2020. It's the year of the player. There's going to be a monumental shift. We talk about the players monetizing their individual brands this year. Enjoy. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 128 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm pleased to be joined by Brendan. From Rugby Pick'em, Brennan, how's it going, man? Colton, it's going great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Excited for what's ahead. Me too, man. That's tradition, like we were saying. I had you on week before MLR got rolling last year, so might as well just, just stick to the formula, right? We'll, we'll do it again this year. Year, year five, year young, five. young budding league, a lot to talk about because it's changing so fast, but we're excited. Time flies when you're having fun, right? It's crazy to think that this is in year five. Um, but we got a big show. We got a, a huge show. I, I'll go out on a limb and say, start the breakdown off by talking about the American Raptors because there's significantly less news around that, uh, you know, as we head into the first week of MLR. But the big news is they are back at it. They reported on Tuesday, so it's been a week full of meetings, just kind of getting their sea legs under them. Um, and there's a lot to learn because there's a lot of people that are not here anymore. There's 19 people that are no longer with the program that were here in the fall. And I can kind of go through them if we want to. Should well, I, go I have them? an important question. Yeah, go for it. What's the status of the Raptor Tracker? So the Raptor Tracker is kind of dead. Like it's it's it doesn't live anywhere online. Kind of lives in my brain, lives in my notebook, lives in my email. Uh, so. Nothing's better as a DMVR rugby listener than Colton <laughs> tweeting about the Raptor Tracker, talking about the Raptor Tracker. It's sad to hear it's dead. We yeah. kind of have a huge list of names of who's where all over the league, but bring it back. I, I think the Raptor Tracker served its purpose. It got me through some dark times, some dark days of COVID and withdrawing from the league and all that stuff. I need some content, um, but we're, we're fortunately we're back into uh, we have we have a more of an abundance of content. We don't really need to rely on the Raptor Tracker, but I will do it if we if people want. I, I'm a man of the people. Well, we'll we'll kind of sift through and tell you who's where in the league right now, and it's been cool to watch over the fall. You know, you and I were working closely in and out of the Glendale turf area. A lot of young players coming up in this league who are scattered all over the MLR. Um, We'll get to that, but um, it's been crazy, man, just watching the league move as fast as it has and expand. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's crazy. You're right. You 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 took the words right out of my mouth. So, that's the uh, I think that's the the American Raptors news I have for you. Like I said, they reported on Tuesday, so they're all systems go now. So expect some more stuff, you know, as they progress through the spring. That does it for the breakdown. So we're going to jump into all the rugby you can watch this weekend. Uh, we I guess we'll go ahead and start with Major League Rugby Round One, right? That's that's a hot topic. Now, if you're an average fan and and you like picking them. You yeah, know, we don't pick them no, on we rugby. Don't, pick we them. don't pick them. But Super Brew is really fun. You can sign up for leagues. It does take a lot of endurance. Obviously, the players have to get up and play every week. But as a fan, man, just <laughs> man, you, logging in and clicking buttons each week, it's tough. Dude, you have to be sure that you set the email reminder. Like how many times has the email reminder saved you? Because I just got it right now, right before we start to do this. And Colton, we have Thursday games this year. We have Sunday games. It's not just going to be on Saturday. I really like that the league is taking the opportunity to grab a wider audience with games at different times. Quite frankly, a a weekday game just gets your juices flowing as well. Something to look forward to. Uh, I think think the Seawolves play next Friday. I think they play 
which is uh, we can talk about this, I guess, right now because we're about to talk about all the rugby you can watch. They play Sunday night. They have the last game of the week, and then they play like Friday. So short turnarounds short turn are going to be a big thing. We've seen it in the NFL. We've seen players push back. They don't like the Thursday night game, but you know it's a young league right now, and they're also constrained by venues and times and, and things that they are out of the, I guess, ownership's hands. And the Super Bowl. We got to work around Super Bowl next week because. Uh, don't think you're going to steal away any uh, airtime from the Super Bowl, unfortunately. So, first game that we'll talk about, though, uh, first game of Major League Rugby Round 1. We've got Old Glory DC uh, versus Rugby ATL Saturday at 1 p.m. You can watch that one on the Rugby Network. Next game is going to be the Dallas Jackals at the Austin Gilgronies in Austin at Coda, the racetrack. It'll be history for the Dallas Jackals. Um, it will also be a Texas Cup as the Gilgronies, the AGs, are currently holding it. Um, so very interesting game. That's probably where all my attention will be week one, watching that one. So how, how does the Texas Cup work? And I guess maybe Side we'll... tangent here. It's pretty easy. We explained <laughs> it to win, Tommy No Picks on our show. You get the trophy? Yeah, if you win, you get and hold the trophy. Okay. So if Dallas were unsuccessful and they then played the Houston Sabercats, yes, it would be a Texas game, but it wouldn't be for the Cup, okay, right? Because the AGs okay, still hold that they don't Cup. Have it. But we have a ton of potential Texas Cup games because of the nature of the three teams, each playing each other twice. We just know we're going to get one week one, so all eyes down yeah, in Austin. Me, me and Tommy Nopix know and that now. Jim Knox alert as well, one of the best sideline reporters in the game will be down in I Austin. I love they're starting to – I've seen him in like a couple advertisements. Like they're starting to – he's kind of like becoming a poster boy. Oh, yeah. Mr. Gilchrist knows how to hire. We're not going to call him Gilly this year out of sheer respect for his business yeah. aptitude. It's Mr. Gilchrist. Yeah. has a championship ring on his finger. True. Now. I mean, he's technically now an accomplished uh, sports owner. Yes. In the history, you can't argue with it. So, Mr. Gilchrist. All right, speaking of this man, uh, we got the L.A. Giltinis at the Houston Sabercats on Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Catch that one on the Rugby Network. Um, going to be interesting because, obviously, I think everyone has it kind of in their mind like, L.A. is the – they're the kings, right? Like, they got a big target on their back. They steamrolled just about everybody last year. Houston's gone through a bunch of changes. They're completely shaken up. Um, so, obviously, a lot to look for in that one. Two brand-new coaches, each trying to get their yeah. first W. Yeah, so that'll be a good one. Next game's the New England Free Jacks uh, down in the gold mine playing against the NOLA Gold. Again, two brand-new coaches looking to get their first win in the MLR. Um, a lot of coaching change. We'll get all that. We'll get to all that down the line. Uh, but this is going to be a huge game for NOLA. Um, they host a lot of home games early, so obviously they want to shoot right up the standings like they did last year. This one will be on Fox Sports 2, which is like the new home of rugby in America, it seems like. After yeah, rugby we're, network, of we're course. pivoting away from CBS. We're going to Fox. Everything else is going to be on the rugby network this year. So nice, easy consolidation makes it easy for you and I. Uh, Utah Warriors at San Diego Legion at that Sunday at 3 p.m. You can watch that one on the Rugby Network as well. San Diego's gone through, and again, I feel like uh, they're, they're just a team without a home. These last two years, they've bounced around everywhere. They finally have a, another place to call home, but it's... It's a temporary home. It's a temporary home, and it's maybe it's not as nice as the last home. Nothing will be Torero. You no. know that. Having been Great to venue. a couple finals in Torero, it's just an unbelievable setup. However, the Legion ownership group, again, bringing in a brand new coach. Um, it should be really interesting. It's the battle of the red and black out west. We can say that San Diego may be 
maybe has well Austin plays at a racetrack. San Diego is like one of the most unique venues now. The stadium on top of a parking garage. Can you describe it? Yeah, it <laughs> seems to be on San Diego State University's <laughs> campus. It's parking on top of a parking issue. garage. Nope, you can drive right to the game. <laughs> but we learned recently, Colton, that they are planning on playing at a future stadium that's currently being built, Snapdragon Stadium. Yeah, I've never heard of the stadium until I saw this yesterday, but that should be cool. Just aligning with the MLS seems to be the theme of how we are getting to the finish line on this 2031 World Cup. So, yeah, yeah MLR, just partner with the MLS, follow their path, yeah. leech off their stadium, and it's continue to put more asses in seats. It's worked out fine for them. Last game of the week, actually an old playoff rematch. If you remember back when the East-West format wasn't together, uh, Toronto played Seattle in a semifinal, and quite frankly... This one's going to be totally different um, because Toronto spent the entire year last year south of the border. It's going to be different this year. I think they're actually going to look forward to the early travel because they know coming home, they're finally going to have home games right. in Toronto. It's going to be awesome. If we could get across the border, I would consider going to that game. So that's a great slate of MLR week one. Um, but guess what, Colton? You know? The DMVR rugby people, they want to know everything. Yes. Every week, Colton lets you know yes. what's going on. We got Six Nations. Every every match you can watch, right? That's the best way to get into it. Just watch it. Watch it a lot. Watch as much as you can. We got Six Nations rolling this week. So we got Ireland versus Wales on Saturday at 7.15 a.m. Scotland versus England on Saturday at 9.45 a.m. France versus Italy on Sunday at 8 a.m. You can catch all those matches on Peacock. You could parlay those right into the Old Glory yeah. um, ATL opener. You could, you could really, if you really want to watch rugby all weekend, you got a match on Friday if you want to talk about these right now. Well, we got the <laughs> Premiership. Gloucester against the London Irish, Friday, 1245. Bristol Bears against the Newcastle Falcons, Saturday at 7 a.m., Exeter Wasps, 7.30. Leicester Tigers against the Worcester Warriors, Saturday morning, 8 a.m. Saracens versus Bath. Uh, from what I've seen, Bath's taking it on the chin this year, but they just got a big dub last week. Uh, then we got the Quins versus the Sail Sharks, Sunday, 6 a.m. Probably won't be up for that one. <laughs> no. And um, that brings us into the Allianz Premier 15s. Did you know that that's what that word, like how you say that word? Allianz? Yeah. Took a I was while. in Minnesota last last spring, and I think the Allianz is like their stadium. They're like sponsor for the soccer team that plays up there. I said, "Oh yeah, look at," it. and then I was saying it, Alliance or whatever. So I learned. I've learned a lot about saying words since I started doing this podcast. You've helped me with that. You know, my travels to Minnesota have helped me with that a little bit. So we can always work on our words. <laughs> exactly. That's a. You, you can never stop. You know, trying to get better in this life. So Allianz Premier 15s, we got Bristol Bears women versus Worcester Warrior women on Saturday at 5 a.m. DMP Durham Sharks versus Wasps FC Ladies on Saturday at 5.30 a.m. Gloucester Harpery Women's RFC versus Exeter Chiefs women on Saturday at 5.30 a.m. Harlequins women versus Saracens women on Saturday at 7 a.m. Sail Sharks women versus Labrador Lightning on Saturday at 7 a.m. to round out the weekend. Oh, excuse me, I think, oh, that's on Saturday actually. Uh, you catch all these matches on Premier15s.com, and I don't know if you saw the stats, but it looks like they're kind of like racking up views this year. I saw they've topped like half a million or something, which is good because that's 
I mean, that's how you keep up with a good portion of the USA Women's Eagles. I'm very happy to see all of our Women's Eagles playing in that league and getting paid for their services. Mm-hmm. They're playing well. They're scoring. They're making contributions. They're looking good. So, so well, Colin, lot, if I may, yes. I may interject. We're going to be interviewing the fans and forcing them to think um, about this upcoming year and where the league's at and yeah. the kind of feel that we have on the league right now. What's it like? What's changing? So, if you're listening right now, you're getting interviewed. We want you to think. <laughs> We're in your head. Yeah. We're in your kitchen right now. You may just not know it yet. So last year I dubbed uh, the, the year coming back the year of the fan, right? Like yes. Fans had to sit home in COVID. We missed out on rugby. I think you and I both agree there's been a huge shift in 2021. Um, it is now the year of the player. Mm-hmm. That's how I see this, this year shaping up. I typed up a, a couple couple themes or motifs uh for this year that we want to keep track on maybe talk about a little and and yeah that first one is shift in player power we see a lot of players monetizing their individual brands and we've seen this across professional sports over the past decade i just think right now in the mlr the fact are the contracts are pretty low paying compared to other professional rugby setups. So especially here in the MLR, players will look to maximize their net income and their potential income and basically work as hard as they can off the field to not just be a good rugby player and get clicks and impressions on their streams, but monetize off the mm-hmm. back. I think there's going to be a huge shift. I think that's kind of just like uh, something that's happening everywhere now it seems like you know with the introduction of the name image likeness and the ncaa and stuff like that seems like something that everybody's focusing on now that they have the ability to right like it just seems like at the forefront of everything and i i don't see why not um you should it's not a secret that the salary caps are low and they probably have to be in these early days for the league to survive but you and i both know and i got heartfelt and sentimental on this time last year when we did the podcast but i have a bleeding heart for the players and it really is a gladiator blood sport and to see them line up and really put their bodies on the line you know i everybody wants to play and they want the cloud of being a professional player um but the facts are you don't make a lot of money doing this so i like to see teams supporting their players to go after that entrepreneurial hustle off the field. Billy Meeks is a great example, right? He's come over from Australia, probably earning less than he could in Europe, but he knows the importance of building his brand. He's constantly Mm -hmm. putting out content. He's probably a great clubhouse guy within the Giltinis. um, But I like the fact that players can come and kind of chart their own destiny. And I want young players to learn how to do that and basically start taking care of yourself. Even if you're in early stages of your rugby career, even if you're in the mid stages, you got to know what you're doing after the game because it can all end very too quickly. It's the American way, right? It's the American dream. Too. Yeah. I mean, ideally, well, it's nice to see people taking a hold of that and actually like they're becoming more and more opportunities to do something about it. So we'll follow up with the required reading, but we yeah. saw that Marty Acefo has inked some NFTs. You had the conversation a couple yeah. months ago with an NFT specialist. Yeah. Do you see the league taking the first initiative and kind of saying, okay, we'll make all NFTs available to all players, but you run it through us? Or do you think individual players are going to partner with their own NFT companies? Based on my conversation with my NFT guy, Cameron, my man, shout out to Cameron. He, the way I think it's going to happen is it's going to happen like 
Marty. I think it's going to happen like how Marty's doing it because, like you just said, the league, the league has limited resources and they're focused on becoming, you know, a league and sticking around. I don't think they have the 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 resources necessarily to throw around to build the infrastructure you need to run like a program like that. Because he was even, I mean, just based off of what Cameron was saying, he's like these big companies like. It's more than just wanting to do it, right? It's more than saying like, "Well, we want to sell all this stuff, and What's we want capacity." Be, yeah, like you have to build out, you know, theoretically a whole other like segment or structure of your company to to actually like make this work the way it should work. So maybe that's a challenge to the players. That you could I mean, be an active player. That's a that's you an could, advantage to you because you can niche down in NFT and then come to your team and be like, "Hey, let me mint these for the yeah. entire Houston SaberCats organization." Or yeah, let me exactly. get a side income where you just reach out to players. Right. Like, hey, you had a great step last week. We're putting together a collection of steps, right? <laughs> where you just put people on the ground, filthy. Um, so I, I really love that kind of open marketplace, this wild, wild west. We've always called the MLR, the wild, wild west of rugby. Yeah. Um, we'll and get in more, into more ways than one. front offices, <laughs> but definitely follow this shift in player power. 2022 is the year of the player, and I hope that players – know their worth out there in the market and and stand up for themselves in meetings where they're negotiating contracts and talking money because colon it's a business it we're is. way beyond feeling good and club rugby and that uh, yeah. it is a business yeah now you're right that's i took the words right out of my mouth you want to transition into this, this what's next the book? next theme if it's a business we got to follow the money right yes. the hardest been- thing to do in anything follow the money it is because of course the accountants do their best job (laughs) to make it hard to follow no we we don't have any inside scoop here right but from what we read and gather there was a bit of a change um, recently with the passing of marcus callaway who by all accounts you know we have this guy harpo on the rugby pick'em shows knew marcus going way back and had nothing but great things to say about the man so that's probably crushing for atl to lose an owner and a founder but long story short Alex Magleby, the New England Free Jackson, Eric Anderson, I believe, um, Global Rugby Ventures, bought a the stake that ATL had for sale. Um, so we're seeing a little consolidation in the East. We obviously know Mr. Grill Chris has two teams in the West. That's something to watch. There's a lot more franchises to come on board, uh, but that capitalization table will always shift, and certain owners are going to have more leverage in those big group annual board meetings, you know? Is that good? Yes. If you look back to the NFL, the MLS even, like the Hunt family, it's a way for them to, when you're low on cash, have someone step in for you, right? And and put money up when certain teams are ready to fold. It's better than the process of folding and reselling off. I think that is good for the league. If certain owners then own four, five, six MLR teams, that starts to get bad. Okay, because, I mean, I don't know. To me, it seemed like you think they're, like, scooping these up with the you know, like with the idea and the thought to, you know, keep it afloat, and then when it comes time, get rid of them, like sell them again? Yeah, yeah. You could eventually, quote, take an exit, right? Because yeah. we know the franchise values are growing, even though the league's not profitable yet. It's just it's gaining momentum, right? It costs more money to bring a franchise in today than it did two years ago. Yeah. Um, 
No, I think the intention, and we have to remind ourselves too, these guys are all partners. At the end right. of the day, every single owner is a partner. So having the Eric Anderson's group buy a bigger stake, it's just the cap table shifting around mm-hmm. like in any business, you know? Someone yeah. wants to exit. Someone's willing to take on a bigger part of their equity. He's going to put forward money for ATL to operate in the years to come. And that's how business works. But we, we got to follow the money. We need to know what's going on in the front offices um, to just take a commissioner Killebrew approach. His job is to go out and get sponsors. He's delivered on that front by all mm-hmm. accounts, right? Yeah. There's a ton of league sponsors, not just individual team, but league sponsors. Um, but it's interesting, Colton, with 2031 going to be announced around the corner a lot of money is going to come into play here and a lot of expansion teams are in the queue and yeah we got to follow the money this year yeah because it does still seem like like i know we talk about this being like the fifth you know the fifth season fourth and a half yeah fourth and a half (laughs) this is still it still seems like this is the chance right like to get in on like the ground floor right like right before it goes to the moon per se yeah with the you know you know, Rugby World Cup coming hopefully our way. Um, yeah, follow the money. Well, as the league grows, obviously the coverage of the league is going to yeah. grow. Brings us into our third theme this year. And this just could be my opinion and everything I'm saying on here is is my opinion. I'm not reporting it as fact. Never have, never will. Um, I just think in general, some of the new podcasts, blogs, people covering the league, it's way too speculative. Um, if guys have sources within an organization, by all means report the news, but Mm -hmm. I hate to see with, with player jobs and, and coaching jobs, just to have people out there speculating, think, I think this, I think that this might happen. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to make a comment if, if you don't know what's going on. Right. That's just my point there. And yes, there's a difference between journalism and quote content. Right, mm-hmm. just yeah, content sure. about the league. Some guys are journalists, and they they'd rather be right than be first. But right. let's just take a chill pill. You know, a couple coaches, you know, had to step away from their clubs very early in the year, and the next day we're like, who could go where, mm-hmm. and this and that. It's like everybody just chill, yeah. chill a little bit. Every because you're right, it's thoughts that that a lot of people are having, but you have to remember there's still like rules. You know, there, we we you know we just talked about rugby's kind of the wild wild west. Um, in this country, but there still has to be like some guidelines, right? Some structure about how you go about doing things because it it can ultimately end up doing damage. You know, it as we see now, like not everything that goes on the internet is is the gospel, and you know, all it takes is one one thing here, one thing there, and then you have a big fire on your hands. So yeah, there still has like to be some some order here. A contract know. falls through because exactly because somebody... like I just talked about with schedules, like everything's fluid this isn't this isn't the nfl when you know you're you're dealing with this like this huge big amount of money and uh things are going certain ways and it's very obvious like what's going to happen this is not that this is like we're still we just start up about, exactly it's yeah. still startup this is money that these people depend on and i i think about this a lot like i would hate to be the reason that so, and maybe this is like think I don't try to think like too big of myself but I would hate for something that I made or something that I wrote or talked about be the reason that something falls through right totally I spoke too soon and and this didn't end up happening and because at the end of the day like you just make yourself look dumb too yeah and now we like to take two sides every story 
Brian Ray, a, a very notable blogger reporter on the MLR, he's whinged in the past about teams needing to be more transparent about their preseason, their lineups, their injury reports, their cap. The league has added a trade wire, which was very revealing. You and I were clicking around on this thing this morning. Um, that's awesome. That's a great move towards transparency. Mm-hmm. I like that. That makes it so that the Reddit bloggers don't have to be crazy speculative because they get to look at each trade yeah. and, and move after it's done. Um, but again, rugby media industrial complex. <laughs> if you're a young blogger, young Twitter user, just hide or just stay away from the speculation. Yes. Um, but there's plenty to talk about. I agree about. with Brian Ray. The league needs to do a better job about, you know, saying when they're going to play at what time and having the stream up. Um, I, I pulled a little <laughs> quote out of one of his blogs, um, and he was very peeved at the lack of communication seeming to be an endemic in this Major League Rugby at the moment. We can only hope that things improve moving forward. I agree with Brian. I think the MLR could do a better job. It's great to see this trade wire up, um, but it's also the preseason. They're scrambling. Dallas didn't have a coach. It's very hard for them to get all their media stuff out and have it be super square when they're trying to fill front office exactly. roles. Exactly. I think kind of goes back to like the NFT question a little bit in this sense is like they're just trying they're trying to like make sure the regular season goes okay, smooth. And I know that can be a little bit annoying like when we're trying to get ready for the regular season. Um, but they I mean, I've talked about it before. Like that's one thing I kind of like about MLRs, they just let you they let you do whatever you want for the preseason. Like, you want to play five matches? Go for it. You want to play zero matches? Go for it. You want to play this club from over here or this club? You want to play another MR club? Like, that's between you guys. I kind of like that. I think that's cool. I think that's unique. But that causes problems when you want to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> so, true. Now, uh, let's let's uh, let's give the, everybody some grace it, here yeah, going that's into the season. Saying. Like, let's – if the, the goal, right, is to become a league that sticks around, like – they got other stuff to do first, and then they can worry about like having a structured preseason that operates the same way every year or whatever. One last touch on speculation and transparency. If the league is going to move in a way where they're punishing and suspending players, I'd like more transparency in that process. And I just worry about players who may get a bad deal um, in some sort of judge jury executioner situation we've seen it with Goodell in the past and the NFL rules the way they do and the players just have to eat it I think the MLR could take a more transparent approach Um, but our final theme and motif Colton um, and first I just want to pop a little trivia question in here we'll try and answer at the end of the show do you know who the all-time try scorers in the MLR are I'm talking four and a half year history yeah, we do uh, DNVR Rugby Stats and Info, dug deep on that earlier today, uh, but I, I won't spoil the answer we, just yet. Well, we dug deep. Um, <laughs> the fourth theme is basically the deepest team is going to win late in the year, and that's a combination of who has the best front office and who's done their work now before the season, um, obviously who has the best leaders in the locker room um, and, and can make it so that if a young player – from your feeder program or your recruiting player pool steps into your system, those older players can just get them right and get them right quick. Because it's 16 regular season games, potentially two or three playoff games. There's going to be a lot of wear and tear. Mm -hmm. It's going to be an absolute brutal slog. They've already, the players have already 
shown up to camp and gotten lashed over the first month to get him fit. I've even heard coaches on podcasts complaining that they don't have enough of a preseason and enough time to get the players fit. And there's probably some truth to that, right? Because Saturday we saw the lineup. You're you're going to war for the first time yeah. in 16 straight weeks. So who who's going to have that deep team late in the year? Who has the strongest ties to their local market? What fans will keep showing up late in the year? You know, whether the star players are still playing or it's backfill players. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I think that championships are won in the offseason and the preseason and then obviously the postseason. <laughs> um, but there's a couple front office blocks that I'll be rooting for this year. Um, out West, Adam Freer did an amazing job for the Giltinis. He just talks about having a great culture that's beyond the pitch, that's family. Uh, Mike Magic Man Sheehan is another one of Mr. Gilchrist guys who's running the program out there with the AGs. I think he's more business facing, and Dan Lyle would be more of the um, more rugby recruiting. Um, but Gilly's teams are exciting. Mm-hmm. That all white jersey for the AGs, man, it's flashy. <laughs> it's good. I know that has nothing to do with front office and being a deep team. But when we you look at you probably have some say in it. You probably could say yes or no. Yeah. No. I mean when we look at their rosters, you know, they're they're built to last. Uh, and in the East, I really back Tim Falcon and, and Nola, what they're doing. They made a coaching change as well, which we'll get to, but we also saw through the the new player waiver wire that Nola is holding the least amount of international spots. Mm-hmm. So they're going heavy American this year. I think they only have eight game day roster spots dedicated to international players obviously you can trade that off to other teams and they keep a running balance but very much happy with nola's approach of going heavy american um and i kind of like what mags is doing with the free jacks they just got a new home in quincy but they're really doing like relationship building within the town of quincy Mm -hmm. um and it's not just you know, the team they're going to put on the field. It looks like Mags is very much thinking of the future is how are we going to make the Free Jacks a mainstay in the MLR? Yeah. Keep getting those those just wild accents out to the game, right? So those are, yeah, those are our themes, <laughs> man. It's going to be the year of the player. Uh-huh. Um, we're going to have to follow the money in the front office. We're going to have to keep an eye on, on the media and not being crazy speculative, but also the league being more transparent. And lastly, who, who's going to be that deep team in the end okay. of the year? Okay, I have a couple questions to, to fire away back off of those. So the first one is, how would you? So say you, 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 we've talked about like maybe you have some aspirations of of one day taking the reins over of, of a team. So how would you go about building your team? Like, what would be your strategy? Well, I appreciate it that sometimes manifesting things are <laughs> the only way to make it happen. Um, if I were sitting in an owner chair today. I'd take a two-pronged approach. I'd probably look at my contact book, like a lot of these international guys probably have done, the new regime in Houston, the new coaching staff for the Legion, you know, the Gilchrist teams. They're heavy Aussie, right, Mm -hmm. because those are Australian coaches. So I'd look to what my current connections are. I'd try and make the most high-profile core leader signings, and I'd probably dedicate a good amount of my cap to that as well five to eight real core good players who you want to drive your team. And then I'd get out and hit the pavement and get in my community in the way Mags is and really develop my pathway system and making sure that my feeder program for that area is so freaking strong and 
if we're short guys, we can just go to our academy coach and say, who do we got? Yeah. Who's coming up? Man up. And you should basically, every, every one of these front off guys, they know their entire player pool from the youth middle school teams to who are the best high school players in the region to who are the best college players on our radar. So the, these front office guys, they're there for a reason. You know, They have that experience. That's how I'd go about it. But it's just really fun to follow because, like you said, it's a wild, wild west. Yeah. And sure, guys, have we have a cap to hit and everything, but yeah. it doesn't mean you, if you can convince a player to come over for the American dream, right, and maybe take 20% of a salary that they could go get in Europe, then you're a good salesman. Right. Right. Then you're the one sealing the deals and putting the awesome team together. So we'll, uh, as the teams either succeed or fail, we'll, we'll hold the front office accountable. Yeah, there's more than one way to bake a cake, so I like getting people's opinions on that stuff. So, uh, next question I have is, who are you rooting for? Oh, this year, Colton? It's tough for me to just have a team allegiance. I, I got to say, it's the year of the player. I'm rooting for my guys. That's and, fair. That's a good answer. Yeah. I feel like I'm in the same boat. Uh, I may be a de facto Jackals fan because um, I, I kind of have to. Uh, there's just a lot of Raptors boys on the Jackals, but but I'm getting to the point now where it's like the 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 number of people I know like uh, playing for different teams now is is hitting an all time high, so it's going to be a lot of uh, cheering on for player performances and whatnot. And then the last question I had for you, you know, we talked about at the beginning the like, last year was year of the fan, this year's year of the player. Is you not like maybe maybe I'm missing it, but do you not feel like as jacked up for this year? Doesn't it feel like last year? Maybe I just with COVID and everything playing into it. I was just way more excited. I feel like there was way more stuff, you know, more like pub about everything. This year just kind of seems like we're here. No, I, there's fairness to that. I think a couple of reasons play into it. One is, yes, we're not coming off COVID where we just had a huge drought of rugby. Yeah, We've had the regular off season. But another thing we talked about is, Man, you and I, we were football fans growing up. I kind of fell out of love with it, but I got hooked back in this yeah. season. I watched more crazy. NFL this year than in my entire childhood. I think I said that a couple of weeks ago. I was like, I again, I watched more football, probably the peak of my football fandom in like seventh or eighth grade. When the Broncos when, were good. When, well, they kind of stunk then. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> when they were, I don't know, like just when it's like, oh, I'm, I'm in seventh grade. I, I literally can't do anything else. Like I can't go outside. I'm watching football Thursday I'm watching football you know I'm watching all the games I can on Sunday I'm watching the Sunday night game while I do my homework gotta do the Monday I'm, night game I'm going to school and I'm talking about all the games with my friends and then Monday I'm watching the game again like yeah. it's it's crazy I don't know what I don't know what about it so I think to answer that you as the consumer you you're not craving MLR as much because you, you've had this content kind of fed yeah. to you you're I'm, on a non-stop sports strip yeah I ate it I ate too much this Too is things football. we have to think about, though, because the rugby network, they have to compete with yeah. other options, whether it's just watching Netflix or diving into an Amazon series. There's so much competition out there, um, and you know the commissioner's thinking about that as they're trying to build a fan base. I think, too, uh, like I do go through this like cyclical thing, especially since MLR has been around, where... Like, I've liked football in the past, and I've watched as much as I have wanted to, not as much as I have this year. But it's usually like a – I know this weekend, right? We have no football this weekend. I'm going to be like, damn, what what am I what am I doing? Like, what am I going to plan my day around? What am I going to watch? So, like, having that back is going to be nice, where I'm only without that for a week now between that and the Super Bowl and then 
jump like MLR and like this, but like I said, we have MLR this weekend, so it's going to be like a, a kind of like a sharp transition, but it'll be good. It'll get us into a routine. It'll give us, you know, we go to go camping, bring your iPad like you were talking about. You sit in your tent and watch rugby. And in my eyes, if it's going to be a 16-week regular season and you only have so much marketing bandwidth, don't go heavy in the month leading into the season. Go heavy into your playoffs. You right. Know? Like, try and capitalize that. Then. That is when, like, there is nothing. Like It usually falls off the viewership, yeah, right? Diet, sports, of baseball. And yeah. like, I like golf, don't get me wrong, but, like, I like putting golf on and then falling asleep. Like, I'm, that's when you're really going to be like, oh, man, I want to watch rugby. Because then, like, two by, by the, how it's going to line up, right, is the, the championship final is going to be, I think, the last weekend in June. So it's going to be perfect. Like, then your summer starts, you know. Then you got these couple months where you got nothing going on. You can go on your trips. You can do this. And then football starts up again a month later. One more thing to think about. The league is so young. An early championship means so much on the next decade. So oh, in my sure. eyes, like, let's just – I'm picking a total random team out here. But let's say Old Glory DC wins this year. It would not only cement Andrew Douglas as the coach, the young players be like, we brought a championship to D.C. And then even if you don't win one for the next five years in the MLR, you're still in that winner's pool. Yeah, and I mean, you think about like, again, talk about football or like baseball. People still talk about those Super Bowls or those like the Yankees fans talk about the World Series they won 100 years ago. Like you get 27 rings, right? That's the Yankees fan thing. How many of those have been the last? And that's what I think makes Seattle so dangerous this year. Yeah. They've tasted blood, not to mm-hmm. draw on the Orca reference, <laughs> but they already know what it's like to hoist a couple of championships. And yeah, they had a down year. They even, even the canceled year, they were kind of down. Yeah. But it looks like this year they're just re upping with Alan Clark and going balls in on winning another title. Yeah. But a lot to think about. But that's something that has kind of like been hitting me these last few days is like, Especially last year, just so ready for to watch rugby again. And this year, I'm just kind of like, oh, I'll have to ease my way into it. Yeah. So I hear there are some changes yeah. this year. Coincidentally enough, last time we did this, remember, we were like, oh, there's a bunch of new stuff to talk about. We have the same same day, you know, same same podcast leading into this first week. We got a lot to talk about again. Do you think the players get the new rules uh, before a week before their first game? Yeah, I bet they get it when we do. Honestly, like just the way, like by the way, experience with like dropping out how rugby like operates even at the highest level. It's it's still very you know bubble gum and a memo in the rubber bands. Yeah, Yeah. it's by the way we change the rules. Yeah, Yeah, I kind of do think that we they hear it when we do. So the first one, um, new head injury assessment protocol, um, which is good. Obviously, concussions are bad. We that's a fact. Um, I'll go ahead and read this. Major League Rugby announced today that they have secured approval for the use of World Rugby's head injury assessment protocol for the 2022 season. This approval is a significant step forward from the previous World Rugby protocol of recognize and remove in dealing with head injuries. This will allow players with suspected concussions to come off the field to be assessed and return only if cleared to do so. The video infrastructure required for these protocols will be provided by Moby Systems, uh, real time for every game. So it sounds like Moby Systems is a big, a big part in a bunch of these changes, and this is good because it's just kind of like this is how modern head injury assessment stuff goes. Like at any level, though, they think you have one, you got to come off, and obviously having, you know, access to real time replays is going to be a big help to that because you only have so many sets of eyes looking at thirty people 
and it's impossible to catch everything in real time. So it's helpful to go back and be like, oh, looks like this guy got dinged. Let's go. Even if he's not, you know, showing these significant symptoms easy enough to go, hey, you good. Let's do your test. Get back in there if you are. You could miss five minutes of playing time to make sure you don't have a brain injury. Yeah, to make sure you don't die or. Will they have the pop tents? Like in the NFL. Oh, I don't know. For That's a little privacy. Good question. Most they do the assessment. So. That's it. Put that on the list to ask we'll the when you talk to him. No, I like any step forward, especially when it comes to HIA. This is yeah. so freaking serious. It's actually a life or death matter. It is. It's nothing to joke about. The league should be ev- doing everything in their power to be on the cutting edge of technology and, and airing towards player safety because World Rugby is staring at a bunch of litigation coming down their pipe. It's happened in the NFL for the past mm-hmm. decade or so. There's going to be payouts mm-hmm. and litigation in these blood sport type of real combative sports like and wh- for the rest of time. It's what's interesting is like the, the world rugby stuff seems to be like more recent, right? Like it seems to be like now more people are being like, Oh, I actually am very messed up because I played rugby for 20 years or something. I yeah. played international rugby and that's not good. So anything you can do to make it better you should do, and I'm glad that there's technology in place now to actually make it happen. And the MLR has a rare chance as a young league to be ahead Get it right the from curve. the beginning. Yes. Get it right as you can from Show the, the leagues the standard that you should have of, of player welfare and taking care of players mm-hmm. and helping their side businesses thrive, you know? Help, yeah. help the player be a full individual, not just a rugby robot. Yeah, just uh, another... Sorry, my passion is flying out sense. right now, That's but I'm good. very, I'm very happy that that they have better HIA systems. So yeah, good. So big shout out to Moby Systems, like we were talking about. Sounds like they have a lot to do. And the next thing is the addition of TMO, which is something people have been yelling for for since it since this leak is. I don't yell that hard because the refs are typically <laughs> pretty accurate. But hey, we no, want TMO. I mean, come we on, got you know, it. the people are like, we need, we need TMO. There's always one or two things a year where. If we had TMO for every game other than games where we just had a big screen. Well, it always comes down to cost, and apparently they figured it out. You have to have a certain amount of camera angles to be able to run it back. You have to be have a certain amount of people running those cameras. That costs money, Colton. So for all the Reddit bloggers screaming for TMO, it's finally here. It just it costs money, and it's, it's the just league like has anything. to grow. When you, when you move, man, like... When you first move into a place, you don't have everything you need. I, I don't have closet doors right now. Look at this. You don't need them. Yeah. Well, not yet. It would be something nice to have, and eventually I will have closet doors. But it takes a. You gotta. You gotta get in there, and you gotta get comfortable, and you gotta get your footing. Like it takes a little bit. You might be sitting on lawn chairs when you first move in. It takes a little bit to get a couch, and then we get a couch. You really. Oh man, this is a nice couch. This is a TMO. So not always to draw back to the. NFL, but are we going to have a challenge system? Because I love coaches throwing flags on the field. Give me, do you, have you thought about this before? Like, could you give me like a rough, a what, rough what would outline it look of like? how it works? Yeah, like Sco- okay. you get one or two or three. How about this? Every scoring play, whether okay. they dotted down or almost had a try, quick TMO. No one has to challenge that. But if there's a real botched call, like did a tiny little knock totally get missed, did a footstep out of bounds? Coaches should have a one-shot kill. They get one challenge a game. You either get it or you don't, and you're done. What What's the punishment if you don't get it? Because that's right? it. You lose your challenge. Okay. So, okay, so that, in a way, some... to me, it makes sense to use it earlier. There's no point in playing a whole game, and obviously, you can't take it home with you. Yeah, you can't <laughs> take it home with you. But you know, if 
if you let your opportunity miss, that's that's kind of your fault. But I don't even think they're going to have the challenge. It'll probably just be all the booth because they went to the centralized broadcasting. And they can maybe, you know, again, that could be something you grow into. And, like, MLR's already kind of gone on a limb with a couple of these different things. Like, we have a water break that we can show some commercials in. Because well, player welfare, too. States. Yeah, get, a, get 100 degrees in Houston. Hydration, yeah. Uh, so it, may, it could be something we grow into. I guess I should have read this too, so I'll read this now. With the help of Moby Systems, MLR will have two. We'll have a TMO for every game this season to help ensure the referees have their requisite support to make the correct decisions. Moby will also be providing live stats and video feeds and an analytics platform for all teams. The synergy between the video and data will result in a richer experience for MLR fans in the future. So good. That's good. Again, another good thing. Two things that are hard to be upset about thus far. Now we'll get into the law variations, which I'm sure is be something that people get upset about. One last thing. Maybe the league listened to Brian Ray and his calls for accountability and transparency. To pretty, Pro- honestly, probably not, but... Pretty transparent day from the league so far. Yeah. The, they won this Thursday. I will honestly, say. That, that trade player wire tracker alone is a huge transparency yeah. move. And the nice thing about that is even like you look back, like it's... It's backdated pretty well. Like it's the whole off last season. fall. Like yeah. whenever, I guess like is there a is there like a set day like the league year restarts like the NFL? You know, it's like March nineteenth or something yes, like that. I think it's midsummer. So 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 he's like, I know there's a day when like everyone's contract ends. So it's like the the next day after that. That's like the start of the league year. Maybe it's August thirteenth according to the, this wire. Maybe it's a sign to get the Raptor tracker back up. <laughs> Out of trackers. Let's breeze through the law variations because we pretty much know them all. Yeah, they're pretty Kickers much are on a clock, which is awesome. You score under the post, you get your automatic two. I don't think people like that yet. Oh, I love that. I, I still think the majority of people don't like that. Good. Let them whinge. <laughs> As a, you know, we're football fans. <laughs> Having the seven points just lock into our brains that is, is nice. great. It makes it easier for like the, the meatballs that we're trying and to And it makes a, a huge 21-point comeback very doable. And right? there's still strategy in it. Like We saw a bunch of people do it last year where like when you could dot it down right between the posts, maybe you dot it down right outside the post. So you then you can milk waste kick. some time yeah. or catch your breath, Games get some mentioned. water. Yeah, like so there is still some strategy to it. I just don't think people like that. Still. Right, good. <laughs> what uh, did we ru- say about the rucks? Or sorry, the scrums. Only one reset? The, well, the original plus one reset for a collapse penalty free kick. So um, I oh, heard originally that hurts. Two good. per incident. Two per incident. Yeah. Okay. Originally, I heard that hurt good scrummagers in the sense that you could draw a penalty if you get them to just collapse, collapse, collapse. But now there's like a max. Yeah. So even if they collapse, you're not going to draw that penalty. I don't know much about scrumming. I don't um, either. That's something I've really tried hard to learn. But so I let's just, gloss over it then. Okay. <laughs> See, the red card I'm not rule. I know some I don't know. Yeah, the red card rule. Uh, Is I, it still going to be 20 minutes? So well, let's read it. No longer will a red card mean a team plays a man down for the remainder of the match. And the new law, a red card would lead to a player being sent off, and the team goes down to fourteen players for twenty minutes. After twenty minutes, the player can be replaced with another player on the bench. The red carded players cannot return to the field in any event, and will go through subsequent disciplinary. So procedures. same rule as last year. So the disciplinary procedures part scares me. Yeah, well, we'll gloss over that before I lose my shit. Um, But it's the same rule as last year. Instead of the game being 14 on 15 for the entirety, it's only going to be 14 on 15 for 20 minutes. Then the coach has to make this super strategic sub because he's already probably light on his bench knowing he can't get the player back. 
I like it. I like it's that like, it kind it's just of just like hockey. Like, yeah, and it kind of makes you know a baseball manager thinks about the pinch runner and all that. It, yeah. it makes the coaching and the sub changes a little more critical. Um, a lot of people say, okay, you're demeaning a red card. You have people out now who don't care about getting red cards. Red cards should scare people away from a shoulder to head hit. You're reducing the punishment in the sense that your team doesn't get punished as hard. I think there's some truth to that. I would like to just see people getting lower in the tackle. But Colton, most of the red cards I see are just people, whether it's the runner adjusting their weight down at the last minute or the tackling player striking up a bit, maybe catching the chin. There's usually not this crazy intent to rip a guy's head off. Yeah, so, so I don't like a red card in the first 10 minutes leading to like yeah and like to be honest a nobody, blowout nobody wants to see that right? no, like, no no like you want to come watch a good game should like you keep wanna, the games tighter yeah. but i do understand where the um the critics are coming at that rule by saying you're, you're demeaning the red card um so who knows crazy yeah. law variations mlr I mean, always doing it a bit different and, and ultimately like if you are out there like and do something with malice you're you're done like you're you're out so like that's the problem right as you're like you said, should your whole team be punished for the whole game because you act like an idiot or you let the, your emotions get the best of you? Like, maybe not. Yeah. It would just be like in anything else. Like, you're done. You're out of the game. Your team can't play with you anymore, but they have a full-strength team. But if I could just recall one player in one moment last year, it was week one. John Poland kind of, like, stabbed at a kick for yeah. the Free Jacks. He ended up catching one of the Giltinis right in the chin. Yeah. Yes, it looks like a kick to the face. But if you go back and look, right, the ball squirts out. He's clearly trying to get a toe on the ball. So there's nuance to everything. I hope the disciplinary committee understands that, and they're just not out here being draconian for absolutely no reason. Um, however, you have to keep the league healthy. and Transparency. You have, yeah, you have, to, you have to play rugby by yeah. the right rules. You do. Yeah. And then the last one, offside line, but that's, again, same as last. You keep those pesky scrum halves. A little bit further away they can't i usually like the niggle but hey whatever <laughs> but i mean that they, should be a huge opportunity for eight men yeah. to get a pick unimpeded however the scrummy technically is another defender back there so i don't know i don't really know what that does maybe we don't see little knock-ons in, at the back of the scrum right when it's already pretty much won um, these are all meant and fans remind yourself of this to make the game more palatable and move faster and be more quote American. So if you're an expat, a purist who's like, you're ruining rugby, um, go pound sand because this is the new league. Yep. That's true. Yeah. And then last, uh, last change that we're going to talk about, we've talked about already trade tracker. So finally major league rugby has launched a trade tracker to help fans monitor their favorite teams and players. Teams are allowed to trade player rights, international player roster spots, as Brendan already touched on. So you get uh, each team is allocated 10 on their match day roster. So that's 130 spread throughout the league at any given time. Um, we've talked about NOLA already has traded away four of theirs, it looks like. They yeah, and I don't know if that number got bumped, but the fact is it's like liquid currency, right? Yeah. You can either trade yours away for players, for money, or you can acquire them so that you can go heavy international on any given day. And also you could trade collegiate draft picks and salary cap. So again, money, cash but, considerations. You know that and that's what I think is exciting to so many young, eager people who are like, Man, I could work in an MLR front office one day. If you fancy yourself a business person 
and you know rugby, it's really the combination of the two. Everything you talked about there, the way they transact, it's just different forms of liquidity, right? You're just, yeah. you're, it's a trade. You're giving and taking. Certain teams need certain things at a given point in the season. So that's all very interesting. We'll be covering it. We'll be following it. Um, it'll, Colton, be, it'll be a lot easier to follow now. With the track. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> given that it's the year of the player, um, mm-hmm. you know, and you and I are rooting for our guys. Yes. Just wanted to catch the audience up with the fact that, like, a lot of really talented guys were here in Glendale yeah. week in and week out in the fall, whether they were part of the American Raptors or part of the USA Pathways program, a U23 team that came here and, and trained for 10 weeks. There was a lot of talent in town last fall. And now that talent is spread throughout the entire MLR. And I just want to say it's cool to be a part of it. It's it cool to see all those talented players there. And as we recall, the Eagles were in town. Uruguay was in town. Yeah. The women's team was in town. There was just so much going on for a city that doesn't have an MLR team. It's still <laughs> such a rugby hotspot. So yeah. if you're listening to this in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, and you want to play good rugby or just be around a rugby scene, get over to Denver and yeah. Vondale. You got to do it. I mean, it's true. And that, that could also lead into maybe like why I'm not super – Hungry for MLR just yet because we had all like, fall, yeah, rugby. all fall, like yeah. all summer, all fall. Uh, but yeah, like you said, a lot of talented people, and I guess we can uh, go through them now when we go through all the teams. Let's start with Dallas because you and I both said we're, we're going to be Raptor yeah. Gang this year. I got a Jackal shirt right there in my yeah. closet there. That's awesome. <laughs> As they said last year, and I was critical at the time because guys had gone down, brought their wives, gotten apartments. When they made their statement, they said, you can only launch an inaugural season once, and you can only do it the right right. way. It seems this year they are going to do it the right way. Um, Unfortunately for them, they got visa'd. Um, Mm -hmm. They had a guy. They tapped an Australian guy to do it. He couldn't make the visa work. So we're still TBD, I believe, with the coach. Yeah, and that's they're not going to be the only team that gets visa'd, I'm sure. As as it comes time to... Start putting people on the field and stuff, you'll start seeing a lot of omissions, I would guess. So let's start with some old school Raptors. Okay. Um, Carlo. Carlo. Coming back. Yeah. He came over from uh, San Diego, played with the Legion last year. I'm glad. Again, he's like one of the guys that going to Dallas didn't work out, obviously. I was glad he got to go back to play some rugby somewhere so he wasn't just sitting around for a year waiting for something to do. And right when the Raptors – Pulled out at the end of that shortened season. He had that team clicking. He had them yeah. firing. Oh, he um, was. He's looking good. He yeah, was the the young gun. We also have Chad London. Yeah, he love Chad. He was the rhinoceros. He was another guy that went down to Dallas, and he was like, I think the one maybe no, I have Kleppy Fafita also comes to mind. Like those are the two guys that didn't seek out another team or. And who knows how that went about, you know? Because Chad's just like, probably a patient veteran that's yeah. like, listen, I could scramble and get on a roster. But or I could my guess out. is Dallas said, we are 100% doing this next year. Yeah. We're just not ready now. Hang tight. Um, but I love how they made Chad the poster boy. Their oh, original yeah. first splash with the uniforms were all Chad London. There's only one way to launch a franchise, and that's with the face and the the allure of a Chad London. I'm glad those pictures didn't go to waste, too. They got to recycle those. A couple other names we got to drop. Um, yep. Campbell Soups. Yep. He is an XO, but he's also an experienced. He has MLR caps yep. with the Raptors back in the day. 
Uh, great 15, can slang it off both hands, can kick off both feet. He's going to be dangerous. A um, couple true XOs, though. Mm-hmm. Got Sean Clark, the the tall tree. I'm sure everyone's seen. I think he's six eight, something like that. He's huge. Um, but he had a little stint with the USA Sevens program after Rugby Town Sevens. He, him, and David Slow both both got looks. Uh, but Sean just had a, a banged up shoulder, but I know he's nice and healthy now. So it's gonna be fun to watch him down there. Sam Phillips, a guy I've had on the show twice. I think I think I've had Sean on twice too. He played football. Uh, it was a tight end at Louisiana College. He had a little little workout with the New Orleans Saints. Um, played for the XOs from the very beginning. Played with the Raptors last year. Then Tommy Medeiros, he, he had some rugby experience uh, at Marquette. Um, but he's another football guy who who's come back to rugby uh, and, and made the leap pretty early. He Especially for Tommy, he had a, like a broken hand for, I think, all of last year. I think he played in like one or two matches. So... Um, sounds like he was originally going to go to Dallas anyway. When it fell through, he was just kind of looking for something to do and linked up with the Raptors in the summertime, and it's worked out for him. So I'm glad to see Tommy get that opportunity again. That's great. A couple pathways, guys, I want to shout out. Mike Matarazzo played for Rugby ATL last year, but now he's stepping into this lineout probably with Sean Clark. Uh, very smooth lineout operator. Very excited about his prospects in the league. And Luke Rizzo, a hooker. Uh, who's bulked up a bit and looks like he's going to scrap on this Dallas team to get some caps in at number two. And lastly, Aaron Gray, speedster, went to cuts down, played a summer of sevens with the Barbos in the past. Definitely an undersized wing when you think of like the modern day big powerhouse beefy wing. We'll get to John Ryberg. (laughs) Um, But Aaron Gray is one of those players I've seen already monetizing, already got sponsor deals. The man knows content. He knows how to build his brand. Uh, Very excited for AG and excited for the the Raptor gang in general. Yeah. We got to go down and hopefully they snag a Dallas Cup this year. Yes. Uh, We need to see that. Well, that's a, feeling, a trip on the books. We got to yeah. go with some barbecue, get some tacos. It's hard. It's a hard them. ask to say, will you be playoff bound in year one? But I guarantee you, they're going to be playing spoiler. Yeah, and there's going to be some playoff bound teams that go into Dallas saying, "Oh, we're going to roll," and they're going to they're going to get tripped up. Yeah, it's going to. People are down on them. Not us. No, not me. No, I'm Campbell's kidding. Campbell's a different difference maker out I'm there. In, I'm in the Jackals then. All right. Remember. That's it. We had to start with the Jackals because we knew we had a lot of guys. <laughs> uh, but the Giltinis, let's touch on first some OG Raptors, uh, Ryan James and John Ryberg, mm-hmm. who, by the way, have like competed in one of the hardest oh, yeah. line out, lineups to crack all last year. Not just competed, but like got like, a ton made of caps. significant like not caps, difference in the games. Like they've made, they've contributed significantly in, in those wins. Like they were a huge, they were as much of a part of the championship as anybody else on the team. You know? Absolutely. Hanku's back yep. with the Giltinis. Yeah. Luke White, obviously, yeah. leads Luke. from the front. Luke. He's uh, you know an ex-Raptor captain and yep. came through Colorado last fall just yeah, to see to how see people him. were doing and grow the game. Yep. Um, there are a couple pathways, guys, I want to shout out. One is uh, Cyril Thama. Um, young guy who's just a flanker that's of Fijian descent, but so athletic, can pass, can hit, can do all that. And Fred Apulu, who's born and bred in Hawaii of Samoan descent, he can, I mean, I guess he's going to be a prop, but the man can sling it off both hands, can kick off both feet. You, you know <laughs> he's how. He's an athlete. Exactly. Uh, look out for those guys to make a splash. 
Should we uh, get to our trivia question? Yeah, let's If do you it. thought John Ryberg, you are only half correct <laughs> because we pulled all the try numbers from year zero to year now. Counted John Ryberg has 25, and he is tied with Dylan the Butcher Fawcett. Still think he has the best nickname. The Butch. That's, a, that's such a good nickname. That's, yeah. But yeah. 25 tries over four years. Um, that's pretty impressive. They can fill it up. Yeah. And they haven't Again, slowed down. Yeah. They haven't slowed down. So w- what does John Ryberg have to do to, like, crack into Gary Gold's squad? I've wondered this for a while because he always makes the, you know, the expanded roster, and then, he, like, always the first cut, he's not on it. I don't know. I don't know what else he has to do. I think he's he, he's even, like, he even showed off he can kick a little bit now. He's kicking last year a little yeah. bit. Yeah. He's getting there. And we'll, we'll transfer to San Diego. I was just going to say, poor Joe Peterson. At, at the end of every Ryberg try is him, like, sweeping last minute and just getting <laughs> steamrolled. Um, he works with Rhino, so he knows what it's like to have yeah. a Rhino run right at him. That's what He's a big conservationist. Yeah. So it's nothing unfamiliar to him. Last Raptor for the Giltinis, uh, we're forgetting Marco. Yeah, Marco Fepuliali. I hope I didn't butcher your name, Marco, but... Uh, thing I've talked about every time I talk about Mark on this podcast, that man has never like said a word to me. There you go. If he's been in my car, like I've driven him around, I've been around him plenty. He does not talk. That's he's perfect. the quietest person of all time. Uh, he just hey, but he was when he played for the Raptors. Um, the the COVID season, he played every single minute, every single minute. He is a war horse, eighty minute man. He I've I've saw a lot of people complaining in in a particular thread that we talk about quite frequently. That that is a sign of organizational weakness. No, it means but, you've gone and grabbed the roster spot, and you've made your coach so confident in you that they have to roll with exactly. You. Anytime you can, you can play eighty minutes of rugby for five weeks straight. And who knows? Marco could have played the whole season. I bet he's a monster. Like I always, like, he's an Iron Man. Like I liked watch. I like Marco. I respect him for that reason. So. So we'll gloss over the Legion because we really don't have any Raptors or Pathways guys that linked up with him. Um, but. You know, we talked about that stadium. That'll be what we're watching yes. over in San Diego and, and the new coach, um, obviously, as well. But the Seawolves, um, XO captain, sorry, Raptors captain, yeah. um, very own Tony Tupos. Yeah, Tony, he's the man. Uh, it's nice to see him. It's nice to see people be excited about him. That's one thing I'd like to see. But he's not there to mess around. Like, I know that, like, he, he's got, again, he's got a good a shot at anybody at at playing significant minutes and being like a staple on that roster because he he's huge. He's very strong. Um, it's kind of cool. I think you have an advantage in some way that you have only played rugby for a year because you're still like, this is so fun. Like, I love this. Like, it's like you're not drug. burnt out. Exactly. Like, you can't get enough of it. Um, so I'm excited to see. Like, I, I think Tony's going to do some big stuff. Like, he he's dangerous with the ball in his hand. He can move for – a guy that's that big, he moves like you shouldn't move. Be able to move that quickly, uh, and again, the guy with the legitimate. He was the guy with the most NFL experience on this Raptors XO team, um, and it's cool to see a guy like that make the leap because that's what it's all about. And then at the end of the day, he's 29, so he's still in the prime of his career. Exactly, like he can still do something with rugby. Yeah, want to give a shout out to a friend of mine, Cole Zarconi. Um, just like Tani, grew up in the Seattle area. He got drafted by the Legion, and now he's headed back home to Seattle. So best of luck to Cole. This brings us to the AGs, the Austin Gilgronies. Lots of names. Yeah. Um, I think the one – well, let's get our old Raptors out of the way, Jake Turnbull. <laughs> um, 
you know, suiting up for the AGs this year, Will McGee, Bryce Campbell, all guys who have played, they're going to be the heart and soul of this AG team. But tell us, who's new in town that we should be looking out for? Uh, Casey McDermott vibe, my my close personal friend. I honestly think that was like the one of the guys I got to know the best while he was here. He played everywhere at TCU, uh, offensive offensive line, defensive line, tight end, fullback, like literally you name it, he did it. This guy from Auckland uh, moved to Kansas City when he was 12, so – uh, but again, he's another guy that's kind of like fallen back in love with rugby, and so I'm glad to see him get this shot. And I, again, I would not be surprised if you see him playing eight man quite or, a few times this year because or make first team all MLR. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. what what is the bar, right? So yeah, honestly, originally, Colin, if I may, you kind of took offense to all the Reddit haters saying this program's not going to work. Yeah. none of the guys are going to translate. You can't make a crossover. You know, learn yeah. the sport. I, now I believe, that they've signed professional contracts, do you yeah. have your "I told you so" point, or do these guys have to dominate the league for you then to be like, no? I, told I mean, you I think so. it's already. I think it's already like done what it was said it was going to do because I, I remember correct. Like I remember the first day being like, maybe one or two of these guys will crack an MLR roster. We're at like. 15 like i don't have off the top of my head because the raptor tracker has we're died. going long because yeah. there's so many guys we got to talk about <laughs> exactly they were this is as long as it's supposed to be but i know i'm glad I just, at the end of the day i'm just glad to see like people that never would have ever played rugby people that didn't know what the mlr was a year ago on mlr team like that's that's good that's a win yes that's again and then if we're talking about the marketing and like organic growth like that's that's 100 200 of their Friends and family that would never have watched rugby anyway, they're get into it. Maybe they have little cousins or brothers that want to play now. Like it's it's all good. Like at the growing that, the network. Yeah, the people the people that are mad about it still. It's like why? I just don't get it. Whatever. Well, you know, I mean, you know where to ask. Don Aquino was the guy who yeah. he was with the AGs. He came to continue playing in the fall with the Raptors. Yeah. He's one of the most explosive players I've ever seen. There was a game against Toronto last year at Coda down in Austin where. He just hit the edge so fast. Kind of remind me of a modern day like slot guy, yeah. um, where he just gets around the corner with unbelievable speed. Um, and, he's he's a guy that we're going to be watching as well. And a guy like Dom, like he could come to the Raptors. He was playing in the centers. Like you get to come play different things. You get to sharpen up different skills. You just get to like play more rugby, see the game from a different angle. I don't see how that's bad either. You know. Yeah. And then Dom's a, Dom's a perfect example of a football guy playing at Western Oregon. And, you know, he plays rugby at the same time. Like, he, he's, like, the perfect person for rugby in this country. Yeah. Lastly, I just want to shout out um, a couple more AGs. One is Facosi Pifaletti. They call him OT. He, is, he was in the Eagle Pool this fall, so he was in town helping out with the Pathways Camp, but just an amazing guy. Um, got to – you know, go on a mini tour with him over to Seattle and to see his leadership amongst the youngsters was unreal, even though they were kind of like, hang tight, you know, we're going to need you back for the test in D.C. against the All Blacks. But, um, man, he he has played a lot for the Legion. I think he's pretty much started most of his games for the first four years. So he's probably got 40 appearances for the Legion. He'll be going down to Austin, solidifying that front row. And then there's one more young front rower by the name of Ale Lopetti. Um, he was a Pathways player, just a tough nut. You can tell when he gets out on the field, he wants to scrap and go hard. And I just really love those players that when the boots are on, they're not effing around. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I think that covers the... Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of 
breeze through Houston because we have Pono Davis, who Pono you Davis. know better than me. And I don't know him that well, honestly. He's another quiet guy. But, again, guy that played football at SMU. Um, I, and then to my knowledge, I don't think he'd ever played rugby before. So he played season with the Raptors, played quite a bit, uh, went, went to Uruguay with them, and now he gets to play for uh, Houston. And then I guess another guy that just came to my mind that came in to uh, add a little bit of reinforcements last year was C.C. Mahoney, made the move from San Diego to uh, Houston, and he, he was a guy that – did like it was helpful even just watching CC like in Uruguay like when they would have a bad practice, CC was like the guy that would call everyone together and be like this is bad we are bad right now like you guys are complaining a lot like we're we're out here playing rugby in Uruguay like get it together let's do better like he was like a perfect glue doesn't, guy doesn't say a lot but when you do you listen and he's like kind of scary yeah so people listen so it was good to got good to have a guy like CC around. Last um, we got Nick Boyer. Don't forget, he's a rapper. And Nick Boyer, of course, yes. Um, he got beautiful I, hair, and like, he looks like Harry Potter now. I don't know if you saw his good scar. scar. He got busted up at Rugby Town. Yeah. Got a nice scar on his forehead. And a guy I always root for, he was Rugby Pickham's first player interview back in 2018, is Zach Pangelinen. Um With Houston, he's outlasted three coaches, yeah. three front offices. So I want to see them be successful for Zach. Yeah. Utah, uh, Mika. Yeah, Mika Crusay. Sean Davies, yeah, getting technical. Yeah, big, big time. uh, He was a Raptor. Yeah, he played in the MLR. So one pathways player um, who's come up through the the Utah Academy is uh, Momo Calvaca, uh, just a great young kid. He came to the pathways camp with just a missing tooth. I found that hysterical. Um, but he can't, all business, baby. Utah has a very deep feeder program, from what I've gathered. It sounds like it's only going to get deeper when they get so, this facility going. And they went on an amazing run last year. Who could forget the cardiac kids, right? They yeah. basically were a score or two away in the Western Conference Final, right, from upsetting the Giltini. So let's not forget how good Utah has been. They're a founding team. They've built that thing over many, many years. Um, Utah. I think the West is going to be way more competitive than the fun, East man. this year. It's going to be really fun. I really think the East will take a step back, and the West is going to be that cutthroat conference. Also, shout out Mikey Teo. I think he's my favorite player, so I love watching that there guy play. Go. And he, again, super nice guy. Every interaction yeah. I've had with him, great guy. Let's cruise through the East because we do have less guys. I don't think we have any Toronto connections this year. No. Uh, but no. still want to see him do well because yeah, they got they stunk it, so man. badly they, last year. That's been a tough, tough yeah. year and a half for them, honestly. So. But one of the interviews I enjoyed the most that you had this past year was to wrap up your year with Rugby United New York. Own oh, Caleb Geiger, the man, the Colorado's own. I, I Caleb did. Geiger. I messed up because uh, I didn't ask him about logging. He's a logger, and as soon as I stopped recording, I was like, "Oh man, I should ask about logging." And he, I talked to him about logging for like twenty more minutes. So, just like a, I think people will like Caleb because he, I mean, he's a monster. Like easily, I think I've heard stories like he would come in. He was he did a little trial run with uh, Rooney with Max Stacy. Uh, at the end of last year, and I've heard stories about, like, I think I asked him about, like, he came in, was easily the strongest guy on the team. So once he learns a, l- a little bit more how to play rugby, like, he, he's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, but he's just like a country boy, like. Country boy in the city. What, yeah, what's country better boy in the city. Than that? He was, I don't know if I should say this. You can probably imagine he was not, like, super pumped about uh, going to the Big Apple. He, he, if he had it his way, he would live in uh, Sedalia and. 
go fly to New York once a week to play rugby. But, but it's different. You, you got to be tough to, yeah, and he to is. hit Randall's Island and, and do that thing. In he New certainly York. is. Um, so, all right, then <laughs> we will move on to the New England Free Jacks. Um, and they cashed in on quite a few of the pathway recruits. They got two towering locks in Javon Camp, Villalobos, and Micaiah Winyard. Um, both really young, too. As a young coach, you just, if you see locks that are 6'4, six, 6'5, six, and just young and have so much to learn, you probably really get ahead of yourselves. Like yeah. these guys can go somewhere. But uh, Zach Bastris, yeah, he went to UNC. I had him on uh, when leading up to the draft. And it was funny talking to him because he was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to get drafted. And then he got drafted, and I was like, yeah, oh, nice. He did it. Yeah. So it's I'm, I'm rooting for him. Mika Lomano is another guy who will be slotting into the centers. But um, New England's got a big shakeup in their team. Some of their core guys are back. Bowden Waka, Dougie Fife, Harrison Boiler. They call him the Boiler. Um, <laughs> it's Boyle. But yeah. It it will be a hard ask for them to just go out and, and dominate in East where we're expecting Toronto to be good. We're expecting New York to be really good. Um, anytime there's turnover, it's tough to go out and dominate, but you know, don't be surprised if come that home stretch when they're having these awesome theme venue-based uh, games in Quincy that they don't get on a hot streak. Old Glory DC. Um this is I don't know anybody. I have never known anyone on this team. Well, that's just incorrect because Corey Daniel, well, who I, was technically <laughs> a Raptor. I've never known Corey though. I oh, never know. I know Brady. I know his it. brother. I think I think we're mixing and matching <laughs> twins here, um, but a, a crossover, right? Yeah, no, that's that's how he got into rugby. Is I think he came to like the original like crossover camp in like 2018, and when played at Aspen, and he's yeah been a player for old glory for a while Yep, came through the pathways program helped out as kind of a, a senior guy to give the young guys guidance but another guy is john lefebvre um played for northern virginia a rugby club um but just scrappy feisty great leadership qualities he's going to be pushing danny tusatala at nine old glory exciting stuff to come out of there um in atlanta jalen tatum was a great player who came through the Pathways camp. He's another crossover. He played lacrosse, uh, recently just had a podcast with him, had him on just talking about building the brand and doing his thing. Um, if you've enjoyed this DMVR Rugby yeah. podcast, hop on Rugby Pick'em. I've, I've listen enjoyed listening to your influx of interviews. I know you were sifting through those. Another guy, Connor Cook. Oh, OG Cookie. Raptor. Yeah, OG Raptor. You can't miss those dreads. The dreads. Swinging everywhere. Uh, he's good for... I mean, he'll lay you out. That's that's what I'll say. There you go. <laughs> he'll lay you out. He's good for a couple of big hits a game. And don't forget the newest coach. Yeah, and Steve Brett, of course. He has been down there. He was down there last year, uh, running the attack. But with the departure of Scott Lawrence, he gets to gets to have his crack at running a team. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how he get, how he does. Because I I mean, Steve was always had good inter interactions with Steve when I saw him. So. And lastly, to wrap it, the whole league up. Nola, mm -hmm. they moved on from their coach after missing the playoffs pretty much every year. Um, even though they were founding team, they were always closer than in Austin or Houston. They they get their hearts ripped out of their chest at the end of the season every year. It seems like they yeah, always so make a push. They're always right in it, and then something something goes wrong. So, Raptors, we got some crossovers down in Nola. 
Oh, excuse me. We have Christian Alvarez and Aaron Matthews. Of course. Yeah. And Aaron Matthews was a guy, obviously, that didn't cross over. But we, you've talked about in the past where you bring in high rugby IQ yeah. guys to kind of work with the team. And yeah. now he's in a new home. He had played uh, in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, year. Christian's kind of the same way. Like, he was our draft pick. He got drafted this last year. And then was kind of, like, trying to figure out what to do. Like, he was like, I... I've talked to him about this quite a bit. I had him on the show and I just, you know, asked him about like how he got involved. And he was like, I didn't really know what to do. Like you get drafted and then, and then it's like, then what, what do I do? Do I like go play? Is that wrong? Is that like against the rules? Do I just train really hard? And it sounds like, you know, they've, they greased the wheels a little bit and, uh, they were, I think Nate was at one of the matches and, uh, they needed a, the Raptors need a scrum half, and he was like, "Oh, I have a guy for you," and called him up. And originally, Christian was like, "I don't really want to. Like, I don't know that. Does, I don't really want to go." And he was like, "No, just go. Like, it's a good chance to play more rugby." So you think about like he just played rugby for four or five months. He's gonna be four or five months ahead where he would have been if he didn't do that. So like he's already coming into camp with a leg up. He's gonna be in shape. He's gonna you know he's gonna have been passing the ball and making tackles. It's not going to be completely brand new for him once they start rolling this weekend. So we talked earlier how they're reserving some of their international game day spots or going heavy American this year. I love that move. The coaching staff's exciting. Kane Thompson, Taylor Howden, and Carlos Spencer, who was an absolute wizard on the field back in his playing days. So really exciting things for Nola Gold. I'm guessing they're going to be playoff or bust, but we'll see how it goes. I think an interesting thing about them, too, is, like, it's a shakeup, right? You don't have Nate Osborne there anymore, but it's not. Like, you have people in Taylor and Kane that have been there. Taylor was there, you know, obviously a little stint in Houston, but he was there from the beginning, and Kane's been there from year two. So it's you're kind of carrying it on, but it is, like, a little refreshing change but the know? core player group is back right Ken yeah. Nolan, Nick Feast, yeah, yeah. T- T- exactly. Eloff like yeah that's very this is going to be a huge year for Nola got to get down to the gold mine as well yeah I, it's be, that's I probably like it, realistically it's a great, my it's two a trips spot. this year is going to be Dallas and, and New Orleans um I don't think I got another SoFi Stadium <laughs> trip left in me I'm all teenied out did you do you kind of feel like better because you got to see it first like all these football totally. fans that go in and they're like oh this place is amazing and you're like oh i already i saw that back in may or whatever totally first is everything <laughs> right you can only be first once you only get one first and impression. i bet you got in there for cheaper than they did there you go um colton it's been an absolute pleasure to anybody still listening right now <laughs> you must really love the mlr because we probably drew on every single thread possible and related every single person who's been here at Glendale and who's now out yeah. in the league. But it is exciting, you it know, is. and you can only do these preview shows as this big macro view um, because people are going to break down the week-to-week stuff. You and I aren't, like, no, beat reporters. It's too much work. We'll watch <laughs> it as fans and, and give commentary uh, from the sidelines, but it's just so cool to see this thing gain momentum and legitimize and i really do hope players just speak up for themselves this year and make sure that they're rewarded for all the hard work that they put into and all the sacrifice they make from time away from family to putting their body out there yeah, and crunching their bones and yeah. yeah not making and making peanuts right now so uh we'll go ahead and, and jump into the required reading portion of the show we'll wrap it up pretty quickly um but we already talked about it but this is a piece from alex goff of goff rugby report 
titled Rugby Stars Controlling Their Likeness, Martin Yusefo to Launch NFT. Um, and we talked about it a little bit, but again, I just something to keep on your radar, interested to see how this goes. And um, a guy like Martin should have a you know pretty big like selection for having played in the Olympics and stuff. And, and there's already been talks about like, oh, if you buy his NFT, you're going to get like an exclusive shirt and that's going to be how things, a lot of things operate. Yeah. yeah, it's, again, seriously, it's just about like being in a club and having fans that Access. support you. Yeah, it's just about, it's just, honestly, it's about that. So um, I will link the article in the article that houses podcasts well in the description of the podcast. You can just scroll down if you're interested in learning about that or you can just Google it yourself, honestly. Just look it up and learn more about NFTs. Um, and last but certainly not least, we'll close the show at the loop. I don't really have anything to promote right here, so keep up with all the latest updates on the American Raptors and stay for some fun MLR content throughout the MLR season by following along on Twitter at the NVR Rugby and at Golden Strickler. You can follow Brendan and Rugby Pick'em at Rugby Pick'em, right? Yep, or you could just tweet at Colton, why isn't the Raptor tracker updated? Okay, yeah. Feed, feed it to me. I got broad shoulders. I can take it. Um, but other than that, that's that's a show. That's everything. I think we, we covered it all. Uh, so thank you for listening. Enjoy all the matches this weekend. You got a lot to choose from. Have a great weekend. Have I hope you had a great week, and we'll catch you all back here next weekend. You're the player. themes or motifs shift in player power monetize off the mm-hmm. back think there's going to be a huge shift logging in and clicking buttons each week it's tough players can come and kind of chart their own destiny and I want young players to learn how to do that and basically start taking care of yourself got to know what you're doing after the game because it can all end very too quickly. Women's Eagles playing in that league and getting paid for their services. Young budding league, a lot to talk about because it's changing so fast, but we're excited. Time flies when you're having fun, right? It's crazy to think that this is in year five. Show. We got a, a huge show. I, I'll go out on the limb and say, I have a bleeding heart for the players, and it really is a gladiator blood sport. Follow the money. Based on my conversation with my NFT guy Cameron, my man, shout out to Cameron. You're the player. No, your role.